You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, happy Friday from Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, September 25th, 2020, and it's time for your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, as usual, Craig Hemke, and joining us, as usual, is our friend Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Craig, good morning. Uh, I was I sort of uh, stopped myself when you said, happy Friday. Right. <laughs> There has been very little that's made people happy here, including today so far. So let's see where we're going to take this. The, the best thing about the weekend, Eric, is nothing trades. So we don't have to watch things going down on Saturday. We, we get a little time to get our breath back again, right? right? Try to straighten things out. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. And, you know, we're going to talk a lot about price today, obviously. If you recognize that we're in a bull market and that the conditions driving price are only going to continue and get more extreme in the months ahead, then it's time to uh, think about acquiring some physical. One of the questions you might have in acquiring physical metal is, where do I put it? Where do I hold it? And that's where we got to start talking about where do you store your precious metals. And some countries are more ideal than others. Here at Sprott Money, we partner with the most secured, reputable vault services around the world. So please feel free to call us at 1-888-861-0775 should you have any storage-related or any other questions. Every day we are trusted to store millions of ounces of bullion with one of the best storage rates you're going to find. So again, check it all out at SprottMoney.com. Eric, again, it has been a remarkable week. Just another example of the metals taking the escalator up and the elevator down. And uh, I'm sure you've got some thoughts on that. Sure. Well, you know, I thought I should uh, preface all of my comments by a famous quote by uh, Chris Powell. And he made the uh, statement that there are no markets, just interventions. And uh, I think nothing could be further from the truth. By the way, he made that in September of 08. (laughs) And uh, what a prescient comment, because uh, all we ever see is people... Uh, in essence, interfering with the market, whether that's going to be you know the Fed with buying more bonds or the, the stimulus that's going to come in here. I presume that everyone's going to start buying stocks again because there's stimulus. But there's very little that's that's not touched by one group or another. And of course, one of the groups that can also intervene is any, any cabal of banks operating in concert. And, of course, you know that I think they act in concert, particularly when it comes to the metals. But I would also say this. When you, when you look at what happened to the whole options market, a month ago, everybody and their brother was buying options, so much so that the banks who normally write the options were almost crying uncle. And here we are, mysteriously, as we get to quarter end, oh, none of the options are worth any money. Right. So, so in other words, the banks have made all of the premiums to the stock market has gone down, of course, commensurately. Uh, we've seen the action in metals. Uh, there's almost, the, the dollar has mysteriously gone up. I mean, I can hardly believe I read negative things about COVID and the stock market going down and, and the U.S. dollar is going up. Like, this, the sense of illogic to me is amazing. But then again, uh, the banks uh, were, were the guys who were long the dollar because everyone was shorting the dollar. And here we are within days of quartering, and miraculously, the dollar goes up. So I'm very suspicious of uh, all that is taking place here in the markets. As you should be, no doubt about it. And of course, you know, you and I, for 
uh, well, you for longer than I, but uh, at least for the past decade at, at uh, my site, we've been called, uh, what, tinfoil hat, conspiracy theorists, people that don't understand the markets, and so therefore all we can do is call a manipulation. And, uh, you know, not that it means much. It's, you know, a drop in the bucket. It's only a fraction of the profits they've made, but we did get J.P. Morgan to uh, accept a $1 billion fine uh, this week for manipulating the price of gold. Precious metals, yes. Well, and silver, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, probably platinum and plating while we're at it. By sure, the way. No why not? Going unturned, you know? Right. There's money to so, be made. Yeah. And, and, to, and, and, of course, to put it down to spoofing, I mean, that's the biggest joke of all time, okay? I mean, yes, the Department of Justice and uh, the CME want to ascribe it to spoofing. Those of us who've been around for long enough no, it's not just spoofing, man. It's it's weeks like this when things just crash all of a sudden. That that's not spoofing. That's just manipulating a market. So, and it's always distressing, having been there, own these things to know that day after day. And of course, it was even more worrisome to me that Bank of Nova Scotia up here paid a fine for doing the same damn thing. And you're working in that market, trying to survive and try to be rational, and you got guys working against you. Every minute of the day. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it was the same old tried and true technique we've seen. I've just seen it countless times now. And I'd invite anybody to do this. If you can go to uh, uh, any type of uh, chart uh, site like barchart.com, something like that, pull up the price of gold and plot it with the 50-day moving average. And you can see it with silver, too. And price was pinned against it for about two weeks so that everybody was watching it. And then all of a sudden it gets smashed through there. All the stops get run. I mean, it's an old trick. They've used it for years. Yeah, you know, one thing we probably should talk about is the whole state of the uh, the stock market because you know there's many stocks, including I know Tesla and and the Apple's both that are in bear markets. And uh, we look like we'll have another big down day here today. So it should concern everyone. Where are we all going here? And of course, I read I read reports say, well. I guess the Fed will have to step in here because they can't have markets going down, and uh, I presume that might happen. And, of course, that would be good for the precious metals just to realize, here we go again, throw more money at it. But there's lots of people out there, including the IMF, who basically said, we're not getting back to pre-19, 2019 levels, not for five years. And I have developed a new view of COVID-19, and the view I have is that this is not nearly as uh, dangerous as people are making it out to be uh, because the deaths are not rising. And, mm-hmm. for example, in Canada, Canada, we had six people die yesterday. Six. six. There's more die from suicides in a day sure. than that. Uh, there's more die from like 20 different things because 1,500 people die every day. And the fact that you shut down your economy, six guys died. Uh, you see, over in Thailand, for example, zero deaths. It, it's amazing to look at some of these countries that somehow seem way more capable of dealing with this thing than others. In fact, I would even contrast, for example, um, Canada with the United States. I mean, we are doing way, way better than the United States. And I, I can't imagine that we act differently. Um, I, I mean, I sort of put it down to the uh, the lack of preparedness. These other countries have done a, done a much better job. But my concern is 
that we are so overemphasizing this COVID-19. What are the negative results going to come out from being in a depression? Right. And how many, how many people will be committing suicide when they lose their businesses? Has anybody thought about that yet? So anyway, I'm very, I, I just don't want, it's, I think it's too overhyped here. I think we can see our way through it, and I don't think the death rate is going to be anything like even a guy like me would have imagined six months ago. But as you said, the damage has been done. You know, and, and you know, in a sense, Eric, don't you kind of feel like we've all been the proverbial frogs in a pot? Because the, the market has been going down with the dollar going up for the past week because Powell was perceived as being not dovish enough a week ago. He's doing $120 billion a month in QE and has promised zero rates for the next three and a half years. A year ago, as, as recently as, you know, last January, this January, that would have been crazy. And yet now all of a sudden that's not dovish enough and everything goes down. And I think everybody realizes, including maybe even the politicians now, that we are in a, a huge economic mess here. And, you know, what? Whether or not more stimulus is the answer, I have no idea. I mean, didn't I read that the debt per capita in the United States, the federal debt is over 200000 per person? Probably. Per capita. Yeah, per capita. So in a family of four, that's 800000 debt at the federal level. God knows what it is at the state or municipal level. But, I mean, it's just, you know, we're going to make it worse again yep. with, with more stimulus here. So I don't know that uh, the market's got to start thinking past uh, these the supposed V bottoms, you have an election coming up. Goodness knows what's going to happen as a result of that election. Right. That's a scary, scary thought, no matter who wins. The other side's going to be, I'm sure, quite hostile about it. So uh, I think owning stocks is a risky situation these days. And owning gold, not so much. And I'm sure it's, we should just, you know, reassure for what it's worth. Uh, I've never sold an ounce of gold or silver in my life. All I've got is all the original stuff I've been buying for the last more than the last ten years. Haven't sold any this week. Uh, yeah. my, I don't. I don't know about you, Eric, but your stack is probably just as shiny as it was a week ago. Never been touched. Right. Never been touched on the sell side. Right. No. It's, and it's something that's uh, done well. I mean, I started buying it when it was like two hundred and sixty dollars in two thousand. So I'm not hurting. Right. Um, and silver, probably buying that at $5 or something like that way back when. So we're still, uh, everything's okay. And I, I still love the idea of, of these stocks. We're going to get some great earnings reports coming out here. Uh, we might get more uh, dividend uh, announcements, hopefully. So uh, I think we, we have some good news coming in the precious metal sector. Well, let's start with that. Uh, we had a couple questions this week. And again, thank you, everybody, for sending them in. We had something like 85 this week, we can't get to all of them, obviously, but we try to pair it back to some of the ones that were maybe repeated or more popular. And uh, a couple of people were asking about dividends. In fact, in my we recorded the Ask the Expert segment here at SprottMoney.com. It'll be posted uh, probably early next week with Rob McEwen, legendary investor and uh, founder of GoldCorp. And uh, this is a question that Rob addressed as well. Is it a good thing for these these big producers that are, you know, just flush with cash now. Is it a good thing for them to be increasing dividends? Uh, is, does it draw a lot of attention, institutional money, or should they be doing other things with all that cash? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a very difficult question to answer because the history is that the companies wasted their cash. 
from right. the previous time that we had wonderful prices. So the market's very gun-shy on M&A transactions. And I think in order to calm your shareholders' nerves, a dividend uh, will pay off handsomely in terms of supporting the valuation of the company. If I had my druthers, I'd rather see people put money in the ground uh, because putting money in the ground can have obviously staggering paybacks if you're a good explorer. So that's that's what I would prefer to do rather than just pay the dividend. Or for a guy like me, I don't mind receiving the dividend. I'll put the money back in the ground. So. Right. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, it, it, we had a number of questions this week about uh, Garibaldi. And uh, Eric has promised us that's one we haven't talked about uh, for several weeks. He's going to do some research on that this week, and we'll follow up with Garibaldi next week. Also had a lot of people asking about some of the majors and what Eric's thoughts are, uh, companies like Hecla and Agnigo Eagle. And I think, Eric, you said in the past, that's just not where you focus because that's not where the big returns are. Yeah, it's not typically where I would go. I would always like to get a smaller cap company. And hopefully, you know, buy something in 50 or 100 million that can go to a billion. And therefore, you're making 10 to 20 times in your money. It's harder to move the big stocks. And, of course, the history of the big stocks is they don't move as much. So it's been a policy that's worked very well for me to, to stick with the small and medium cap stocks. That's one way to put it. It's worked very well for you. I would say, yeah, I think it probably has. Um, yeah. Not not for everybody, obviously. Uh, I certainly have my uh, share of big ones um, that are all going to sure would think we're going to report pretty good earnings here coming up uh, at the end of next month and early November. Some of the smaller ones that have been moving lately that I know people are dying to hear updates on uh, discovery metals, like all the rest with silver coming down $5 this week, discovery metals has gone down. And you suspect that's the reason. Absolutely. It's, it's a silver price. And all of a sudden, of course it's gone way up and lots of people do sell for reasons. Lots of, pe lots of people who own uh, uh, gold stocks might also own things in the general market, and things in the general market are all going down. So uh, you can see that there can easily be a spill over there. Yeah. Um, another one, I'll, I'll share this with everybody. I mentioned to Eric, uh, as we were getting warmed up, I said, oh, you know, like Ely Gold Royalties is now under a dollar. And Eric said, it is? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the benefits of not looking every day. You know? Right. You don't you don't realize how badly you're getting trounced, but uh, that I'm I'm shocked that it's there. I I tell you one thing, when when they turn, which I think will be before month end, by the way, i.e. in a few days, uh, typically the royalty stocks lead the parade. I mean, in my mind, um, the fundamentals for Ely have gotten much much better because Wallbridge is looking much much better. I mean, the size of the deposit just keeps going up, and if you're sitting there with a royalty. Man, you're laughing that this could just become a cash machine. So that's why I bought Ely in the first case. And uh, there's no reason for me to think that it's not worth what it was worth when it was trading at its high. So yeah. I suspect things will come back around here for that company. It's like, you know, we talk about the rising tide lifting all boats sometimes. Sometimes when the tide uh, ebbs back out, all the boats drop too. Well, the, the stocks that always go down the most typically are the ones that went up the most because most everybody that owns it has a profit. And it's very easy for people to decide to sell those things. Right, right. All right, and then just two others. Um, free gold, we talked a little bit about that last week, but I know you want to mention that one again. Yeah, 
uh, just reflecting on that second hole. And the more I reflected on it, and, and it was a 150-meter step out, and it was a wide, wide hole, 237 meters. And I just think it had a million ounces very easily here. And I think Free Gold Ventures has an easy shot at 10 million ounces. And 10 million ounces should be worth somewhere between 500 million and a billion dollars. So with a market cap of 300 Canadian, there's lots of room there. And I believe me, I won't be stopping it at 10 million ounces either. Yeah. Didn't you say once they there's some place in Alaska that's close to Juneau or Fairbanks or someplace, and the infrastructure's good? Oh, my God, you can drive to New Orbody. Yeah. I mean, so it's not where, like you're in the where, middle of nowhere. No, there's a, there's another mine uh, five miles away. Kinross has a big mine up there five miles away. So, yeah. no, no, it's got everything. Okay. It's going to be easy. And then lastly, a lot of folks clamoring, you... you uh, had actually, when you couldn't appear with us two weeks ago, you called me and said, hey, make sure you point out to everybody how great uh, Tudor's results were and some of the drilling results. And then Ken Konkin uh, gave a presentation this week, Virtual Precious Metal Summit at Beaver Creek. A lot of folks saw that. Um, just your thoughts if you want to go back again and talk about what we've seen recently in Tudor or even Teuton. Sure, sure. Well, of course, they all have a piece of the action there at Treaty Creek. And Ken is a wonderful geologist. Uh, I have not seen the presentation, but believe me, the first thing I'm going to do today is watch that presentation, okay? Because he's the guy that has the feet on the ground, and he's a very good spokesperson for that deposit. And I know that uh, there's a belief that this could be one of the biggest deposits in the Americas, and I certainly uh, concur with that. And you look at the size of the step out, the depth of the hole. I think they had one that went down to 1,140 meters. Oh, my God, that's incredibly large so i i'm 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 pretty certain we're going to be hitting multiples of tens of millions of ounces there so i like tudor like Teton, i like american creek they're all and they're they're all getting a little beat up this week but that's what creates opportunities that's right that's right i mean it's never straight up we all know that if you've been in the precious metal sector long enough you know that yep well, all right, my friend. Hey, I thank you very much for your time. It has been, obviously, a challenging week for everybody. But uh, next week, we'll bring the end of the quarter. And then we'll start getting into October and all the other concerns that uh, that you mentioned. And we'll sure wouldn't be surprised as these things turn around. Hey, just a reminder, everybody, these weekly wrap-up podcasts are available on all sorts of different channels like YouTube, SoundCloud, Buzzsprout. I, Eric, I bet you're on Buzzsprout all the time. Oh, um, yeah, sure. <laughs> Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you name it. So don't forget to subscribe to the channels that you like and uh, hit, give us a like if you find these to be insightful and uh, helpful. And we'll try to keep uh, putting them out there every week, try to be as insightful and helpful as we can. Eric, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Okay, Craig, all the best. Let's hope we have a good week next week. Yeah, well, it couldn't be much worse. Hey, and nope. uh, from all of us, it's brought money news at SprottMoney.com. Thank you for listening and have a great weekend.